Hey, Gymnasium listeners, I'm here with member Kenzie Kitson, who's had a rockin' road with us for the last uh, year now, just over a year, and she's going to be talking with us today about her spinal cord injury and surgery and recovery process and how she's managed that through Gymnasium and uh, is now on the road to living a normal, healthy, active lifestyle again. Welcome to the Gymnasio Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnasio has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. Kenzie, welcome on in. Hey, Kalina. Glad to be here. (laughs) All right. I would love you to kind of walk us through what happened. Uh, What happened with your injury, how it happened, uh, what the prognosis was, um, and yeah, tell tell us about that. Sounds good. Um, So yeah, about two and a half years ago, I was rock climbing and I was in an accident a little bit close. Um, And I was in an indoor gym and I was doing a route, I was about 15 feet high, um, and when I was coming down from the route, I was uh, trying to get a little bit lower uh, so that I could comfortably jump from the uh, wall onto the mat. And I was, as I was coming down, I actually missed one of the rocks that was in the route and um, fell about 13 feet onto the mat. And in the fall, I actually landed directly on my butt and flew forward, kind of in like a car accident motion almost Mm -hmm. and on the way back from that I basically compressed one of my vertebrae into multiple pieces and yep and was then horizontal on my back so oh yeah that was that's gnarly I guess they have to take you out of the ambulance and everything yeah so initially when I hit the ground I heard like a loud cracking sound and I initially thought that my like a tooth had come out and so I like ran my tongue along my mouth to check and then once I realized that was gone like I realized that there was back pain starting and so at the time I was like totally flat on my back like couldn't get up couldn't do anything and there was just like a voice inside my head going don't get up don't get up like stay down and so there was like people that rushed over right when they saw the fall and they were like, all right, like, do you want us to try to stand? Like, how do you feel? And I am so glad that I didn't do that because it would have made things worse. Um, and so, but at that point when I was like, no, I can't stand, they decided to, to bring the ambulance out. Um, so yeah. And so I was rushed to the hospital at that point and that was when they got the scans and everything. And they realized then that I'd had a burst fracture to my L1. And so it had broken into seven pieces and yeah. And one of those pieces was impinging on my spinal cord. And so they were just worried. I was within like 30 minutes rushed into surgery at that point. Wow. And could you like move your legs and feel your toes after the, like right when you fell or? 
No. So I was kind of like, you just, your brain kind of goes, it's not logical at all. It just like completely went out. There was a lot of adrenaline that rushed in for me. So I didn't really realize how hurt I was. Mm -hmm. I was kind of, people kept asking me like, how much pain are you in? And I couldn't really answer the question. I just knew that something was wrong and that... But I, you also kind of try to downplay it, too, because you just don't know how bad it is. Sure. So I was like, oh, I probably pulled a muscle or something. <laughs> pulled a muscle. <laughs> yeah. And I actually called my family from the gym and told them that I probably pulled a muscle. And they were just still hold that conversation against me. Yeah. So. I mean, like, shattering your L1 into seven pieces is totally different than pulling a muscle. Exactly. <laughs> so after, you know, what was the surgery like? Obviously, you weren't awake. But, you know, what did they end up doing? To help repair it. Yeah, so they did a couple of different things. First, they had to sort of fix what was going on with my L1 vertebrae. So they put some bone cement into it, which is, I don't know if that's the medical term, but yeah. yeah. And they kind of put as many pieces as they could back together. However, there was like one piece they couldn't get to kind of fit into the vertebrae, and that was the piece that was hitting the mm-hmm. spinal cord area. And so what they did was they removed part of my spine at that point, like one of the bones in the back, sort of, to give more room for my spinal cord to essentially move. Yeah. And then they fused five of my vertebrae together. So um, from L3 to T11, they put in two metal rods and a bunch of metal screws to kind of hold it together. And that's permanent, right? Those aren't coming out. Permanent. Never coming out. Some hardware in there. Yeah. Some serious hardware. (laughs) Looking at the x-rays after, I was like... Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's gnarly. That is a lot of that's a lot of mobility that gets taken away from your body. Yeah. You know, take us through, you know, what what were the first few weeks of recovery like? You know, like coming out of that, obviously you're not moving too much. You know, what was what was the recovery like? What was waking up like? What was the first steps of PT for you essentially? Yeah, so when you first wake up, you can't move at all. So you're like hooked up to a catheter. Everything's like taking care of you for you. Um, I had to even call a nurse to get me to like roll onto my side. So for the first like five days, that's kind of your reality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they get a brace for you at some some point along that. And it's I was in a clamshell brace, which is basically a huge plastic brace that covers your whole top half of your body. And... Um, until they get that, you really can't move at all. So, um, and at that point they didn't know if I was going to walk. So it was kind of just like, we'll see what happens. We're, you know, waiting these first couple of days. We'll see once we get the brace, like how you can move. And so that was the first week really. And you're on a lot of painkillers and there's just so much going Mm on. Um, and so, for me, it was really like an out-of-body experience during yeah. that time. Like, I was watching myself go through it almost. Yeah. So, What was the original prognosis? Like, what did the doctors say? Yeah, it was really unknown at first because they they thought that it was impinging upon the spinal cord, which was why, why I was rushed into surgery so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then with the spinal cord specifically, it's hard to know, like, what kind of damage you're going to have because everybody responds really differently and it's just hard to see on x-rays exactly how much damage has occurred. And so the prognosis was kind of, we'll see once you can actually walk and we'll see how much your legs are moving. Um, after surgery, my left leg was like not responding super well. So they were mostly worried about that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the first couple days. Yeah. How was that mentally for you? 
what was what was your state of mind? I mean, I know you said you had out of body experience, but once kind of you get past that point, you know, what was your mental state? I think complete shock is like the word that I really use. I think you're you kind of feel a step behind everybody because everyone is telling you these things and people around you are processing them. But really for me, like I couldn't get there as quickly as everybody else. So, you know, I remember my parents being there and really emotional about not being able to walk, but I was kind of like still catching up to the fact that it had even happened to me at all, you know? And so you just kind of, it's shock. It's, you know, you're also trying to survive this massive surgery that just happened to your body. Mm -hmm. So you're like focused on that and just dealing with the fact that you can't move. It was just, it was really overwhelming and also just like totally, you're just survival mode. 100%. Yeah. So when did it kind of hit you? Like, and what you were 27, 28? 28. 28 breaks your back, has now these spinal rods in place. When did it kind of like occur to you, like, my life might not be the same? And, and like having that, because I'm sure there was like shock and then probably some fear and anxiety. <laughs> walk, yeah, walk us, like, when did that hit? When did that happen? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely moments in the hospital for sure where you have this kind of like, oh, my life is never going to be the same. Um, but I would say like getting, so when, when I left the hospital, we, um, my family had to fly out to take care of me mm-hmm. because, um, you either have to do that or you have to like move into an assisted living, uh, place for like a couple months. And I think getting out of the hospital was like one of the hardest things that I had mm-hmm. ever done. Cause you have to like get into a, a car somehow, even though you're not allowed to like bend lift twist um and so I think during that car ride was really like when it hit me like whoa my life is not the same yeah um and it's not gonna be the same for probably at least a year and a half if not forever and um yeah but there's so many moments like that that it hits you because your like lack of independence for the first couple months is just ridiculous like you just can't do anything by yourself so you feel Definitely not 28, but you also feel like you're three again. And you, yeah, it's just a big life shift. So how long after before or how long after your surgery did you start physical therapy? So I think it was about seven months after that I had my first physical therapy session, Mm -hmm. but I had occupational therapy in the first, um, you know, three, four months. Yeah. What what did you do for the, the occupational therapy? So a lot of it was like teaching you how to just survive without bending, lifting, and twisting, which those motions are like you do in everything. everything. Yep, literally everything. And so they would come and they would show me like, okay, here's how you can get milk from the fridge. And (laughs) here's how you can get into the shower, even though I couldn't shower for the first like month or so. But it was like after that, they were teaching me like, okay, so once you go to do this, like here's how you're going to get over the side of the tub. Here's how you're going to like deal with, you know, this part of the shower. And it just like literally your basics. Yeah. Like how to lift your leg and get up and over and wash your hair, cook, cook for yourself, wipe your own butt, like just all of it. Yep. Oh man. And so how long were your parents, did your parents stay with you this whole time? So they were there with me for three months. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, is that kind of when occupational therapy kicked in and you like, you have to start kind of on your own figuring it out yeah it was kind of a mix of both like they come in initially and and teach you like the basics because you still have to like learn how to sit up and and lay down and like do those Mm -hmm. things by yourself so they came in for that and then my parents took care of a lot of the uh, time where I was not doing anything at all and then yeah they came back in and and helped me again after like the 
official two month, three month time frame of being down. Yeah. Looking back, what was maybe like the hardest thing physically you had to do solo, <laughs> you know, in those first couple of months when mom and dad aren't there anymore and you're learning how to get milk out of the fridge? What was the hardest like phys- physical thing for you to do? Yeah, so like actual motion, I remember one day, because it usually was like one of them was with me and one of them was gone, and I remember one day like both of them were out of the house and I like wanted coffee, like so bad, and it was like maybe in month two, so I was like aware enough that I could get up and do some things, and I, so I was like determined to make coffee by myself, and I went to do it, and I dropped one of the filters on the ground, like the filter that I needed. Yeah. And so I, like, went to go pick it up, and I just remember, like, I don't even know how to do this. I had to, like, grip myself on the side of the table, like, slowly, slowly, like, not even bending over, trying to stay so still on the top of my body, like, to get it. And it was just, I mean, it was just the hardest. It's one of the hardest things that I had to do, but, I mean, yeah, it was just because I hadn't done that motion in so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most of us would have been like, you're just going to live there now. (laughs) That filter's going to live there, and I'm going to figure out something else. Yes. Some things that that we don't always talk about is the the mental state of things and what your mental support group is. Like, how did you mentally get through all this? This is a lot to process at 28, and, you know, not being able to bend over and do something as simple as pick up a coffee filter, you know, tie your shoes, and you were super active before, you know. What was your mental support and how did you get through this like crazy hard time? This probably what first year of your recovery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there isn't much mental health support really. Like a lot of the support you get from medical professionals is all physical, right? There's not a lot of, it's not like you get a psychologist that comes in and then helps you with all of this processing that you have of the super traumatic injury. Um, so for me, it was really dealing with it on my own and kind of relying on friends and family um, to listen to some of the stuff. But I didn't even really like to do that that much because nobody really understands it. Mm-hmm. Like, you are really on your own with it. It's just this massive thing. And I did sort of seek out community for people that had had injuries like mine. But it's also pretty unique that you're not paralyzed from this injury. Mm-hmm. So there was a hard part to finding community within that as well. Um But for me, the hardest thing to deal with by far was the fear. Um, Just, I think, once somebody tells you that you're not going to walk again and then says, okay, actually, you can walk, but be really careful. Don't mess this up because you might then not be able to walk. Yeah, talk talk to us about what your doctors said because, you know, we've had conversations and it kind of, like, blows my mind as to the state of, you know, obviously they, they have concern for you, but it didn't always feel like it was coming from this place of compassion and feeling more about hearing what you couldn't do versus what you could do. Yeah. So I feel like most of my medical professionals really took a mindset of fixing me first and foremost. And then second, don't take any risks. Like that was just such a common, um, so when you say fix me, like structurally, yes, like structurally, like, okay, so you have a broken bone. We're going to just fix that. But what you can do after we fix that, good luck. We don't know, you know? (laughs) So that was really hard for me because you are so broken at that time and in so much pain and just so many things about your life have shifted. And so you're wanting guidance and help and, just the medical professionals didn't really give me that. It just wasn't part of their plan. Their their job was surgery, and that was what they did. And so 
I had a lot of surgeons tell me like, okay, you're going to get to a year or a year and a half and that's where you're going to be for forever. So whatever you can do at that point is where you're at. And that was so hard to hear because, you know, a year, and a, a year to a year and a half seems like a long time. But also at that point, I just really didn't have very much back. And so, yeah. Yeah. Was, where were you at a year post-op? Yeah. So gosh, a year post-op. I think I was still only walking and had only done like a couple of like three mile walks at most. And I had bending and lifting and twisting back, but I was in so much pain at that point. Like everything caused me pain. It was a lot of like nerve pain that Mm -hmm. was, was happening. And so, yeah, I was freaked out at a year. I was like, if this is going to be the rest of my life, like, wow. Totally. Who wants to live like that? Yeah. So... And I had a lot of surgeons also tell me that, like, being active was not an option, right? There was a lot of fear, like, in their eyes and just they – I feel like they feel responsible for you not making, you know, choices later on that, you know, result in more pain or result in more injuries. And so they basically tell you don't do anything, right? Stay away from – anything where you could get hurt again, you know, and for me, somebody who skis and bikes and hikes and does all these things, that was just like, wait, what? Like, you can't tell me that. Yeah, this outdoor active Colorado born and raised girl who's now in the peak of California with all of this fun outdoor stuff and just to be told like, by the way, you can't do any of that ever again. Yes. And I had just moved to California like a year, like not even a year before the injury. So like I had just taken my first surf lesson before this happened, like just things that you know, I wanted to do, wanted to see, and then here are these, you know, qualified people, right, telling me, like, nope, never going to happen. Yeah. Good luck. And at such a relatively young age, that's just defeating and demoralizing. Yes, because then you picture your whole life, which, I mean, hopefully is a long time, but you, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you think about those things and you're like, wow, so I'm never going to be able to get on my road bike again. I'm never going to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make this decision between like choosing to live in fear and listening to, you know, these medical professionals or trying to figure out some alternative. So let's get into how, when, I should say, when did you start with gymnasio? How far post-op did you start with gymnasio and how'd you, how'd you find out about this? Yeah, so I started with gymnasio about a year and a half exactly after uh, my surgery. And I found out about gymnasio actually through a friend. And at that point, I had really exhausted like all of my options in the Central Coast. I had been to a couple of gyms and a couple of like personal trainers in the area. And a lot of them were like scared to work with me or just didn't know how. And so I was feeling really frustrated and expressed that to my friend. And he was like, well, have you heard of Gymnazo? Um, You know, it's a really great place. They do a lot of pain management work. They, you know, do a lot of recovery work from injuries. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, And so, so I like remember Googling Gymnazo (laughs) and seeing on the website, like all of the, you know, information in regards to pain management, which was really appealing to me at that point. Um, But then also that it was a real gym, it was doing this work that, you know, was also focused in physical fitness and getting health back too. Yeah. Um, But what really stood out to me, honestly, was that there was like mention of the mind and how it affected movement on the website. And for me, like, that was just not something that I had seen anywhere else. And that was a big deal to me, right? Because I'm sitting here with all this fear um, about being active and what to do. 
and all the personal trainers I had met with up until that point were just as scared as I was. And yeah. so I'm thinking like, okay, I need, I need somebody who's not as afraid of me. You know, I need somebody yeah. that's going to help me uh, get through that. And so I was hoping that gymnazo would be that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's written somewhere in this building, mind, body, soul. That is our, our mantra for how to, how to train. You know, you can't train the body without training the mind and it's good for the soul, but all that's good for the soul. What was your, so I believe you, you worked with Michael first. He was your first, you know, he's the guru. So he was the guy when, uh, when you say we need to find somebody who's confident working with somebody like that, Michael's easily hands down, most experienced by far. Um, and I always say he's, he's the best. He makes you feel great, at least personally. What was your first experience walking in these doors, meeting Michael and like, talk us through that first session. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I actually signed up with Michael because he was the owner of the gym. So I was like, if anybody (laughs) knows this, like it better be him. Right. (laughs) Um, and so I remember walking in the gym and meeting him initially. And the first 30 minutes of our session was like, just him asking me questions about my life, right? Like, how has this surgery impacted you? How's your movement now? Like really just getting into the depth with me and, honestly, like that meant everything in that first session because so many people hadn't really cared or didn't know how to talk about it or just didn't have the like vocabulary and words to do so. And so that made a lot of difference um, to me uh, initially. And then, yeah, we walked through movement at that time and it's like the 3D movement assessment that you all do. And I just remember barely being able to get through like basic movements. I mean, like the lunge warm up, for example, I think Michael took me through the, you know, all the different places and there was literally parts of the warm up that I couldn't even do. Like couldn't even, especially like bending, anything that involved like bending over backwards kind of was yeah. just not an option. Yeah. And yep. so, yeah. And I remember being so sore after that, which is so funny <laughs> because now I do the lunge warm up like every day, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not pain, but just sore from just doing that yeah. little bit of movement. Exactly. Oh, love it. And then, so after that first session, like, what was, was like, tell us about how this was, a, like, a beacon of hope. You know, why why was it that way? Why, why pick us? Why stay with us? Yeah. Well, I think part of the first session and ongoing throughout that month with Michael and then even transitioning over to being coached by you, like, one thing that consistently always impressed me was, like, how much knowledge you all had about the body in general. Like I felt like I learned more about my injury and what had happened to me and how I was moving from that first two months with you all than I had in almost my entire injury before, which sounds wild, but it's just that in the medical field, they're not always educating you on how the body moves or why it might be acting a certain way. And I feel like Gymnasa did such a good job for me of saying, this might be why this isn't working or this might be an option for helping you, you know, move better. And so, yeah, that was huge. And so that's like one of the reasons that I've stayed or, you know, stayed with Gymnazo. But as far as it being like a beacon of hope, I think there's a lot, I mean, there's so many reasons that that was there. I think, like I said, nobody was really willing to to work with me, but also just, I think, work with me to accomplish the goals that I wanted to achieve, right? To get back to, skiing and hiking and all of those things like really there was just no other way that I knew how to at that point besides doing it by myself and so it seemed like all right well I'm going to take a chance on this place that just might be able to help me and then you know just has been so helpful so so good yeah so I think my first interaction with you was through semi-private just popped into my class was like sweet 
Michael had a sheet written out for you, and I don't know if I like just didn't read over like the details, or Michael didn't lay it out in depth. Because usually, you know, you have somebody who's got such a major injury. We're like, hey guys, by the way, like she's popping into your session. Here's the rundown. This is what we've been doing, and <laughs> that didn't happen. But obviously, Michael was comfortable enough. Like we've got this handled. Like she's gonna be just fine. So I think we worked with you. We said we looked back February 18th, 2020 was my first session with you. And then pandemic hit. And I think maybe we had two in-person sessions. And they were just like, oh, normal sessions, like walking, just go right through the program. Okay, tweaking for things that didn't feel right. And then we started doing virtual, all virtual through the pandemic. We got you set up with all your equipment at home, like your little Cal Poly, <laughs> yep. the dormitory background. Like, okay, here's what we go. And I... Very distinctly, I remember, like, at one point, like, oh, you said, oh, my back is some sort of injury. And I was like, oh, well, tell me about it. And then when you, like, oh, I'm fused, I shattered my back. I was like, I'm sorry, what? How did I? Because it, you had so much joy, and you still moved. Like, you were stiff. We just, just, like, we get a lot of people who are just stiff and don't have good hip mobility, thoracic spine mobility. So that's what we focused on was getting those things moving better. But never did it come up that you were, like, this completely broken person at that point in time. And I was so like mind blown because you were always so happy and had so much faith in yourself and were just happy to be there, happy to do the work. Like you would have never known that you had this like physically and mentally debilitating injury happen. And then it was like, oh man, now I'm, I, I actually got even more excited because it's like, well, she's getting better. Every day we were like finding new things and finding new ways to tweak and going, okay, this doesn't feel good. So what's going on here? And really like with your injury and where you're fused, you know, that, that kind of that major lower half of your lumbar, the, the whole lumbar spine, thoracic spine, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing we can do about the rods. Those are just there, you know. We're only going to get so much motion from those vertebrae or none at all. But we can keep the muscles around it moving well. We can keep the hips moving well. We can fix like the upper thoracic and your cervical spine. And just through the science of understanding how those work, we came up with all of these badass programs to help you move better. And your goal was, man, I remember your very first goal was like, Clint, I want to, I want to hike. Like I want to hike again without pain. And we said, okay, we're going to build up your strength. We're going to build up your mobility. You know, getting you uphill was a whole lot different than walking on flat ground. So that was a whole different kind of training process. And then kind of just seeing you succeed. I very distinctly remember getting that first text from you. Like, Kalina, I just hiked Madonna for the first time with no back pain. And it just lit up the big, I know you had a big smile on your face, but I had just the biggest smile because I was so happy for you. I think one thing that people don't always realize if you've never had an injury um, or had something that stopped you from doing what you love, like pain is a major driver, but we take movement for granted 100% of the time. And until you experience something traumatic, it doesn't have to be a back injury, even knee injury where you can't do something as simple as hike and then you get that back. It just is such a, a big relief. Like how did you feel after that first hike, those, those, that first big win? Because I think that was one of the first big wins you had. Totally. Yeah. And it's funny you say like the biggest smile on your face, you know, but it, it was, Gymnazo was like, once I started with you all, you were with me when I was doing those milestones, you know? And so 
like we I remember working on hiking and it it was it was so cool in session to see like okay Kalina is thinking about the muscles I need to make stronger here and which part of the body needs to be able to do this so that I can successfully make it up this mountain without any pain and so then I'm on the mountain actually hiking and I'm like Kalina is there with me right <laughs> like doing this ac- accomplishing helping me accomplish this huge goal and I feel like that has, it was just so true in that moment. And that you were like one of the first people that I wanted to text after because I was like, you made it possible so that I was prepared to do it, right? It was like I walked, and it's funny because I remember even walking up to that hike being like, I know I can do this because we've done all of these things in session that were there that have prepared me for this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Gymnasio has always given me since that moment too is like anytime I go to face something new, it gives me this confidence like, no, we've been working on this in session. I know I can do this. And then the actual activity ends up being so much easier because we've done all this work prior to even getting there. Yeah. And that was just huge. And so, yeah, like, and then the community that comes with it. I mean, just having people that believed in me too, that helped me face these new challenges because for so much of it, you're on your own most of the time. And when you're really injured, you really like don't have people that are there with you helping you figure out all these small choices. And so Gymnazo was so great because I could come into session and be like, hey, this is what's hurting. Can And not, you know, like I want to be able to do this. Can you help me get there? And then you would, and then I'd go do it. And it would be like so easy. And that yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We focused a lot on training your body for what we call out of sync motion so your hips go one way and your thoracic spine goes the other way which actually is biomechanically what happens when we walk so like hiking or running is actually going to be probably a more intense version of that because our body wants to load in rotation to give us more help it's easier but with your body we don't have a lot of that because (laughs) we're locked in that was something that we tried to focus on we broke it down into bits and pieces starting with the hips just being able to mobilize them starting with the thoracic spine being able to mobilize it as much as we could and then building strength around that then starting to drip in more kind of what we call out of sync or being able to get you to rotate one way versus the other way with the with the upper and lower half and we progressed from hiking to then it was running we wanted to run how long had it been since you had done any running <laughs> until the day we got you to actually just go for a run? Like, I think I, uh, a year and a half for sure. I think at a year and a half, I had like s- slightly jogged down a hallway at, at most. Yeah. And then that was when we started training for it. Yeah. So it was, it was brand new to me. And yeah, I remember <laughs> telling you like, oh yeah, like, I went for a run or I'm going to try to run. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. We're going to write that into the program (laughs) so that we're like preparing for that. And I was like, oh good. I should probably tell her when I go to do these things next time. And that was, but it was another one of those moments where I was like, oh, they care like what I'm doing outside of the gym too. Yeah. (laughs) So we we want to prepare your body, you know, for, for what it does. Our philosophy is like, you have to train the motion in order to be able to do it. If you don't train it, then you're not going to be able to do it successfully. You might be able to do it, but not very successfully outside of here. So for somebody who's gone as gone through as much as you had, we're like, let's like moderately prepare for impact. Running is impact, you know? We had not done any impact, anything that was jarring, that could possibly be jarring for your back at all. So I'm like, okay, well, we got to at least get that going. More, more power because, again, that spring phase going from one foot to the next foot. Definitely got to get in there because the last thing we want is for you to come in on Monday and be like, I can't, you know, or to to hurt all over. 
um, for that. I remember one of the another big moment was doing that, taking a viper and just doing a wrap around, doing a, going behind the head, doing that whole wrap around. And I was on virtual and I had you do it. And we had been slowly prepping you. And that's kind of the beauty of some of our workouts is we disguise it. You know, we might do it with a, a single arm reach, but biomechanically, we know your spine's going through all the motions of what we're gonna the end product, which is a wraparound, and we prepare for you for it for like three to four weeks. And then all of a sudden, we're like, okay, Kenzie, hey, I want you to take the Viper and I want you to do this big old wraparound. And I remember seeing your eyeballs, like looking at me on the computer screen, like, she's freaking crazy. There's no freaking way I'm doing this. I was like just go slow, like we're gonna take it nice and easy and do that little wrap around. And then you, you did it and your eyes popped out of your head again and then you, but you were smiling and you were like, I cannot believe that I just did that. Cause it just took a lot of motion that again, like you, what, six months prior, couldn't bend over to pick up a coffee filter and here you are wrapping around 13 pounds, like it's no big deal. Yeah, I remember that day too. It was a big, it was a really big win for me. And I remember exactly that like feeling of just Kalina's gonna make me do this. This is wild, <laughs> but not not in like a I can't do it way. It was just a, oh my gosh, this is this is new, this is something. But again, like once I did it, I was like, of course, gymnasia prepared me exactly for that moment, just like it does every time, you know? And so it was just, it was so cool. And being able to share that, especially in a virtual space, because at that time it was, you know, the pandemic and yeah. it was this weird time, but being able to share that again with you and be like, okay, yeah, like I can do these things. It's possible. Yeah. And then even, I think, I mean, we've had those milestones, gosh, rope flow was such a cool milestone to be able to kind of freely flow without having to hold a lot of tension. If you don't realize like when people are in pain, we just hold on, we tense up because we don't want to experience that. So our body can't necessarily relax or then relaxing almost becomes uncomfortable because your tissues are so used to holding tension. They don't even know how to relax anymore. But getting you to rope flow was like this, oh, whoa. It was, the, it was this mindless movement where you didn't have to think about holding tension. Like, and now you talk about how much you love rope flow. Yeah, I, it's my favorite activity that I've learned from gymnazo. Um, just because I think every time I do it, I learn something new about the way that my body is moving, right? And it, it kind of almost feels like it's opening up another section of my body each time um, I practice, or especially when I learn a new um, move within it, right? And that has just been such a relief for me and a way to be really mindful with my movement. I think post-injury like you really have to focus on everything that is happening with your body more than you ever had before because you don't want to get hurt again you want to be really careful and so um, for me that's something that's been a huge part of the journey and then to have this activity that sort of just allows you to be like totally in it with your body and like it's you and your mind and you're moving and it's just you're focused on it 100 percent. and for me that was just like this meditative, like special place to be. And so I think that playing around with that has been amazing and learning the new moves is like this new challenge that I also am just like totally committed to doing and I wanna figure it out with my body. So it's just been, it's just been really cool. Yeah. You know, well, gosh, another, so many good milestones now I keep remembering. Um, paddle boarding. Oh my gosh, paddle boarding. <laughs> you know, with, with pandemic, there's only so much that we can do and being outside paddle boarding was one of them. And we said, okay, this is new. This is going to be a good challenge. Feet are locked in, upper body has to rotate. But I think we can get you to go and do this. Walk us through, because uh, your programming was designed for paddle boarding. Walk us through how that prepared you. Walk us through, you know, we hit a little snag in some places. 
and then you know getting back onto paddleboarding. Yeah, so paddleboarding is one of those activities where I wish I had informed you earlier on that I was going to start doing it because I jumped into paddleboarding pretty quickly and had uh, actually been out on the water and had hurt myself a little bit in my low back, like pulled a muscle or some something was going on and then had to get back to shore. And I remember the whole time I was paddling back to shore, like just I was thinking in my head, like I should have told Kalina that I was going to do this. Um, but yeah, so a slight setback, like in the beginning, just kind of dealing with a new motion. Um, but then we started building strength for it. And the cool part was, is like you, you said earlier, like gymnasia disguises like what they're doing sometimes just so that you're, as you're building strength, you don't even know you're building strength for a certain activity. And that's how it was for me with paddleboarding. Like sometimes it was obvious we were like doing actual paddling, yeah but other times we were building core and like doing these other, you know, muscle groups that really was, you know, crucial to being successful at the sport, yeah. but I just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so we worked on it, what, for like three months and, yeah. um, it was, I would say like, I tried again, like a month and a half into it and was able to like successfully get out there with no pain, like yeah. no muscle pulling. And it was just, I mean, it was amazing. Like yeah. that was a huge victory, especially because paddleboarding, like it uses your spine area, your back area so much. I took that for granted, like how involved the spine was in it. And mm -hmm. so to be able to like bend down, rotate and, um, you know, pull yourself through the water. It just yeah. took a lot. And so, um, yeah. Well, what was cool is that you had enough confidence in your body to just jump into it. So, I mean, but that's, you know, you talk about how you think about everything, but you were at this point where you're like, I can do this, you know? So it's, it is cool that you, uh, had that confidence in yourself and were like, I can do this again. So, Absolutely. and then we got to go paddle boarding and I took out the kayak, you took out the paddle board and we had a great session, no pain, you just rocked it. Totally. And that was the first time in the ocean with you as well. That's right. Like a fun, fun milestone to hit. So <laughs> And then your most recent milestone, which I think was a lot more mental as somebody who grew up skiing in Colorado and just always out there every year and then having this traumatic accident now, what, almost three years ago and just got onto the slopes again two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. And how to mentally and physically prepare you. I remember actually when you were like, hey, I'm going to try skiing. I was like, why did she not tell us like three months ago? Because <laughs> we have been doing way more ski specific training because it's a whole different ball game and I just found I was like all right we're totally gonna we're gonna dial this in now we got like it's like how long do we have three weeks yep. okay Kenzie thank you but As we, per usual. We, but we made it work and we rocked it what was like you know even in your training in here what was like mentally where were you at yeah so um obviously the fall you know once you break your back doing an exercise that involves falling the fe the fear of falling is really real yeah. um and so for me with skiing that was the thing i was most worried about was just like okay how do i how do i fall how do i get comfortable with falling and you know and also how do i not fall too you know like help me build the strength so yeah. that i can get down the mountain without just you know totally wiping out um but yeah, and then you all like literally built a program for me that involved some like of that falling and like testing very safely this way that I could kind of get through that feeling of like fear of being out of control, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I think we did what like goalie exercises is what you <laughs> yeah. called them, where we were like holding a soccer ball and kind of like laying onto the mat and like collapsing, collapsing. collapse, collapse diving for there those of you who ever played soccer. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was like really awesome because it got me through 
some of the mental side of, of facing this milestone because, yeah, like you said, I grew up skiing. I was, you know, slightly worried about it coming back, but I was more worried about getting up there and just panicking totally on mm-hmm. the mountain and not being able to get down and just... I don't know, that part was just really scary for me. And so I didn't necessarily know if Gymnasio would be able to like help me with that side of it either, even though I knew that you all, you know, care about how the mind impacts movement. I wasn't sure like, can they actually help me with fear of falling? You know, I remember asking like, can you just push me over and see what happens? And you're like, no. <laughs> um so yeah, but that was awesome because then when I went up there, I was like, all right, we've done at least the the small amount of getting comfortable with this motion, so you can do this. Yeah. And so what was it like after hitting that first run? Oh man, it was it was amazing. And I think I got up there and I was worried, like just, I think the anticipation of something like that is so intense. And I remember we, we took the gondola up to like avoid the chairlift. And at the top, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to get down this mountain (laughs) for better or worse. Like I have to make it down. And I like clipped into my skis and like went for it. And it was like, it just all came back and it was right there. And I think that just so much relief like set in after that. And then I just was like, okay, well we need to go do harder things. Like we need to get up and start facing more steeper mountains with moguls and all this stuff and just went for it. And I think Throughout the day, there was plenty of times where I was still scared, you know, but mm-hmm. I think for me throughout this this journey, it's just been a process of saying like, okay, it's okay to be scared. Just don't let it stop you from doing the things that you love. Mm-hmm. And Gymnazo has been right there with me and sort of saying like, okay, yeah, you've got not only this community behind you supporting you, but also this like, hey, we've prepped you for this physically. So like, let's go. Yeah. Um, and that was just, just so many like good feelings coming out of it. Awesome. Awesome. So what happened after your first fall then on the, on the slopes? Oh my gosh. <laughs> how, did, how did that mentally and physically go? Like, were you lying there afterwards, like wiggling your toes going, okay, we're good. Or like what happened with that? Yeah. So it was kind of this like mental game at first where you're just, my whole body just like tensed a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, okay. You're hitting the ground off. Like this is, yeah. you know, uh, scary. But I think for me, like after, yes, there was I mean, not a panic of like, oh, I'm in a spinal injury again, but just like, is anything hurt? You know, like, is there any feeling that I have that's like not, um, you know, normal? Yeah. And once I like assessed the body, it was like, okay, you're okay. This is going to be okay. Like you can move (laughs) forward and this is, you know, survivable. So I think again, that's a tribute to like how much I've dealt with facing my fear. Like you said earlier, like you know, you came into these sessions smiling and like being happy about where I was at with life. And I think that took so much work to get to those things, right? It's like, it takes facing fear. It takes, um, you know, being able to manage the fear in so many ways. And so when I fell, it was like, well, yeah, you've been practicing this just as much as you've been practicing any kind of physical activity. So of course you're ready for like this and managing that. So that's so good, Kenzie. So good. (laughs) Uh, Like I'm fully a believer in mental toughness and you are easily one of the most mentally tough people I've ever met because this is, I cannot say that I would be in the same boat as you Um, and how much work that that takes every single moment of every single day to to come in and to do the work and to not have all this, not just self-doubt, but self-pity or to be negative about this. Like you're truly an inspiration to so many people in this facility, like not just us, but just people who all of a sudden hear your story or who didn't know and they're like, wait, what? Like, I cannot believe this. And so it's been really incredible to see your growth over the last 
year, like exponential growth too, like going from like coming in and not being able to press weight up overhead, like not, not even a five pound, 10 pound power block overhead press from going from not being able to do that to freaking skiing (laughs) (laughs) and paddle boarding. Like what an epic transformation. It's been truly inspirational um, to see. But what I really want to know is what's next. What's the oh next? What's the next fear factor we're tackling? Like, what's the next expedition that you have lined up? Oh my gosh! Well, it's a big one. So, for me, I really want to climb again. It's been a long time, obviously, but it's also this this action that act of climbing just holds a lot of power right now, and I just feel like it doesn't need to hold power because it is something that I can do, and that. Um, you know, with our training and everything is not, it shouldn't even be a hard physical act, right? It's more so the mental side of it. And so right now just kind of wanting to prep to get there so that I can do it. And that's, that's the next goal. And honestly, I'm really, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to make it kind of a big deal. Like my parents are going to come out because they helped me so much like throughout the injury. Yeah. So they're going to come out and we're going to like go and I want to climb where I fell as well. So going back and, and just doing it not in the exact same place because I want to be hooked up to a rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and doing that. And so, yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing. I think that there's going to be a lot of fear that goes into it, but a lot of closure as well that I'm hoping mm-hmm. to get out of it. So over this whole thing, what's kind of been your biggest takeaway from the whole experience? Yeah, this question is a great one. And um, so for me, I think the biggest thing is probably a, like a sense of gratitude for life. Like it's it wasn't a near death experience, but it was a near like losing everything experience for me. And so um, really in every activity that I do, like small, like getting into the shower or big, like going on a run, like I just don't take it for granted anymore. It's just there's this underlying sense of gratitude that's just there all the time that is inspiring me to to work hard. And it's funny, like in cardio workouts, for example, now, like when I start to get tired or my heart rate, like, you know, gets up into those high levels, there's literally like this voice inside my head that kicks in like, you could be paralyzed right now, like just keep going. And then you also think like there are other people who are paralyzed, like just keep working. Like that could have changed your life so much. And so it's almost like this zone that I get into with it that is just, it's, it so motivates me to do the things that I want and just like take advantage of all those opportunities. And so that's a big part of it. And I mean, people often like laugh at me when I say this, but like I actually am very grateful that this injury happened to me. Like, I have learned so much. I take things with just such a different perspective and attitude, and I'm so much more grateful for everything that I have, and it's just made me a stronger person for all of those reasons. And so, yeah, like, it's crazy, but it's real, and for sure, all of those things. Um, And I, I don't know. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. That's, like, not how I see the world, but I do believe that you, like, make meaning out of what happens to you, and you can sit there and say like, this sucks and it's the worst thing ever. Or you can say like, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to find a way to make it meaningful. And I think the second way that way has made it a lot better for my life. And so, um, you know, it's up to you and you choose what you want to do with it. And yeah. So powerful, truly. (sighs) Such a good mindset and it's a hard mindset. And like, you've clearly put a lot of time and work into doing that. Not, you know, aside from the physical aspect. Yeah. For anybody else who has suffered, you know, a spinal injury, 
what do you wish you had known or done differently? Yeah, this afterwards. Is, yeah, this is a big question because I feel like um, there's so much during the time that you don't know, right? Like you don't really know how your body's going to recover. You don't really know what's going on exactly physically with you. In theory, like it should be easy to figure out, but it's just not. And so I think what I would say to anyone who's like in the position, um, in a similar position to what I was in is just that you're not alone. Like there's someone out there somewhere, especially here at Gymnazo, <laughs> that will help you or that wants to listen and just, you know, try to help you figure it out with, help you figure it out. And I think for me, like I just... I did lean on people some, but I kind of wish I had more throughout the time and just being able to like advocate for myself and what I needed. And I feel like that's something that I'm learning at this gym too, is just how to communicate my pain or communicate what I want. Um, because if I can communicate it, then they can help me more and just all of those different pieces. And so, um, I think just, yeah, like I would say to anyone that is going through that, like, just give it a shot, like let somebody in, let someone help you. You just never know how far it's going to take you. Love it. Well, Kenzie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? I don't think so. I just, I'm really grateful for you all. And, um, you know, seriously, like this gym has been a place that has changed my life in, in the best way. So, um, you know, I'm grateful for this community, like, especially like you said, the members are, you know, involved as well. It's just been so nice to have the support from all of the coaches and all of the people here. So. Good. Well, we are constantly rooting for you, and I hope to be at the, your climbing party. <laughs> I will be there for sure, <laughs> waiting to celebrate that moment with you, because we know it's going to come, and you know, a lot of people hate pull-ups, but I think you're going to like the pull-ups that we have programmed into your uh, your workouts from here on out. You're going you're gonna to hate it, and you're going to love it all at the same time. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenzie, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed through the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. Relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That's hashtag Gymnazo Podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one -on -one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it, 
and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnasioedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.